0: unspoken expectations within the community is a real relational killer. And if expectations for how we're gonna live together, be together, how often, what we're about, you know, what we're doing, uh, the tone of it all, if, if expectations stay unspoken, and probably everyone has their own set of expectations that may or may not line up with yours or others in the community, when that happens, you'll start to, or, or you'll continue to have conflicts and hurt feelings that go unaddressed. Without vision and clarification of our values and expectations about who we are, what we're doing together, and why all being discussed, agreed upon, and understood, you're open to a lot of conflict and unspoken hard feelings that the enemy loves to twist and deepen and it'll use to destroy your community. So you're gonna wanna discuss those things early on as best you can. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Man, oh man, it is hot here this week. We are experiencing record high temps. They're saying it's going to be over 100 here in the next couple days. My old buddy Heath and I are supposed to be at a Rugby game here this Sunday, and they're saying 102. I don't even know if they'll play that game then. Wow. We'll see. Anyway, not complaining. We don't get that much hot weather here. Are you watching or getting ready for the Olympics? Have you been watching the trials? I think they're going to actually have an Olympics this year. It seems like it's been a really, really long time. I am not the hugest Olympics fan, so I'm not like doubling down and watching all the trials and all that stuff. But there are certain... There's certain events, certain sports that I really like. I guess this year they're introducing five new sports. Apparently there's brand new sports, or at least they're starting to recognize them as part of the Olympics. There's going to be surfing that for the first time. So, yeah, that's a sport. I guess it's just judged, like gymnastics and stuff like that. Uh, skateboarding, sport climbing. There's going to be karate, and we're going to have a little baseball and softball. So I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll see. I guess I'll probably watch a little of that. I'll tell you the one sport that has always been a part of the Olympics, at least for a long time, that seems to flip me out. And this might be a winter Olympics only, but it's that I think it's called the biathlon, where they cross-country ski, and then they stop and they shoot a rifle. (laughs) That's one race. That's a weird thing to me. Anyhow, I don't know. Enjoy that. I don't know how long we'll continue to have the Olympics in the world. I guess probably forever, but it seems like it's been a long time. And with all the turmoil between nations and oh, drug testing problems and all that, who knows? So yeah, enjoy it while we have it. Hey, I also want to invite you to join me over on Facebook and join us, really, the community. We have a Facebook group there for the Everyday Disciple Podcast, and you can find out about new episodes, upcoming training, Sometimes I put resources up there, and you can ask questions about the show or just life on mission in general, and people are always quick to help. I try to be in there regularly, almost daily for sure, and uh, also give my thoughts on different things. So get in there, join us. The water is fine. Ask questions, answer questions. We're a lot better and smarter together. You can check out the Facebook group by searching for it, or just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook And if you're interested in learning a full framework for discipleship and mission, if you want to grow in your gospel fluency in everyday life, really be able to speak good news into messy situations, good situations, life in general, I'd love to show you how. I'd love to teach you more, show you some of the things God's shown us in our coaching And we can help you learn the same things and pass them on in your community. Let's set up a short Zoom call so I can get to know you, answer any questions you have, and then hopefully get you into a cohort with Tina and I real soon. Tina and I coach as Couples for Couples, and that makes all the difference in the world to get you and your spouse on the same page and learning together going forward. You can find out more about that and fill out a little form, send me a notice that you want to set up a a time for a quick information call. We can talk. Just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. That's all you need to do, and you'll find everything you need right there. Well, as we get started today, I just want to say and remind us, I've said it before, but life in a community on God's mission is messy. It really, it is. It just is. And there's lots of relational dynamics that come into play, hopes, fears, major life events that are happening that take people in and out of the mission, in and out of the game, our personal preferences, all that stuff comes into play. And things will get complicated when you have humans working together. (laughs) They just do. So today, I want to give you pretty quickly seven community relationship killers that you're going to want to avoid. Some of these are very obvious, but they tend to just crop up over and over. In all the years of starting and helping people start missional communities, we see these seven relational killers happening all the time, and it still surprises me. You'd think the gospel would root this out more often. However, some of these are well-worn grooves. So uh, they're not necessarily in any particular order, but here you go. Here's the first one. It's dominating. It's someone who dominates the time of the community when they're together all the time. You know that person where it's always about them or their problem, or they've got to press their viewpoint. And then that just makes it awkward for others and so so much of the time that we have together can become all about that one person or it can become about us trying to avoid that one person gaining the ear of everybody so that's not good so look for that and avoid that either in yourself or help others who might be consistently dominating community time together help them figure out what it is that they're really looking for in this community. How how can we help you? Maybe say that would be great to talk about that. Let's let's talk about that offline or let's 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 get together next week and talk about that or something like that. Now, there's another kind of dominating that I've seen also happen that can really kill community. One time we had a couple of leaders in a missional community. It wasn't one I was leading, but it was one I was connected to, and they had a an area of disagreement with one of the young ladies, a single gal in the community. She was great, quite a servant working through some different things. And there were certain things, really not a lot, just an issue that she was in disagreement with the leadership of this missional community over. And they decided to really dominate that situation, and because they said, "Well, you, if you don't agree with us, then you're not in submission to us," or it kind of got weird. That's a weird word usually. And so they wouldn't let her lead, and she had been leading within the community and serving. So they wouldn't let her serve, all that stuff. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, you know, let her be her as they contended with one another. They dominated that situation, and it really soured it for her and for many, many others in the community. And I, and I have to say, I, I've seen some of those people never really make their way back into Christian community and sort of remain bitter for years. So watch out for people who are either dominating all the time or people in the community, leaders or not, who feel like they have to dominate and take charge of everything in not healthy or weird ways. Here's the next one, fixing. You know those people that are the fixers? They have to fix everyone whatever's going on instead of just being there as a support as a listening ear as a help they have to right away zoom in and fix everybody oftentimes when we're first learning and growing in gospel fluency we can tend to see that newfound language and ability to see the thing behind the thing and think it's really best used in swooping in and fixing everybody's problem well you know what here's what you need to know me either quoting scripture or going, well, this is true of God. And so you don't have to believe that anymore. And while it might be truth, it's not done in time. It's not the right time. It's not good in the moment, perhaps, or in the tone that it's being delivered in. You've probably been there. You've probably had people try to fix you when all you wanted was someone to listen and be with you. You were maybe just venting and being real in the moment. Or maybe you've been that fixer. It's not great. One thing you may want to do in your communities is together establish a commitment that as a family, as a community, if someone brings something vulnerable to the group, everyone honors that. They don't try to fix that person unless that person specifically asks for advice. I read an example in a book called The Cure for Groups of how this might be handled in a real life situation. I found it really, really helpful. When someone shares something with the group that's a bit sensitive or vulnerable, it could look like this, like thanking that person for the comment and then redirecting things. And it might sound like this. Someone says something and you go, oh, that's pretty sensitive. You'll, before we unpack that, I might be wrong, but perhaps Amy might just need us to listen to her on this. I want to make sure we, myself included, avoid slipping into fix-it mode. I don't know why I do this sometimes, but I want to only offer advice when it's asked for. What do you guys think? See, it doesn't have to be awkward or weird. It's gentle. It does redirect and get right to the point. And if that person then says, no, I really want your advice. I'm really struggling with this or I was hoping you might have some ideas here or whatever. Well, that changes things. That opens up the door. I also want to remind you that not too long back in episode number 315 of the podcast did an episode called Why No One Really Wants Your Advice. (laughs) Yeah, you might want to go back if you feel like there's been some problems with you or others in your community being the fixer and check out that episode, Why No One Really Wants Your Advice. All right, here's the next community relationship killer. It's judging. Yeah. Judging others within the community. It's so easy to do when we get wrapped up and a little nervous and some people's, Oh, like relational capacity is different than others. And by the very nature of being in community, you're, you're sort of rubbing up against everyone else's preferences and ways of doing things or attitudes and all that. And we can kind of get judgy out of control or nervousness or whatever. I can remember one time, there was, a, there was a young guy, he was in seminary, he was very passionate for Jesus and people in community, but one time he got real judgy with a young mom in the community. She wasn't a believer yet, but she was very much a part of that missional community. And I can't remember exactly what it was that was said, but she had shared something that was going on in her life or a thought or opinion, and he kind of swooped in and judged her for it and said, well, that's not what God wants for your life, and that's going to net you this or that. And I think he might have even said, well, that's going to lead to hell or whatever. It was really strong, and it was shamey and destructive. It certainly was not good news. And that situation was very, very uh, telling and had great ramifications for both her because she, at this point, she got very offended and and with good reason, really. And she said, I, I'm not going to come and hang out at family dinner nights with the community anymore if, if this guy's here. And everybody said, well, we certainly can understand that. It wouldn't be what we'd hope for. And for at least two or three months, she really kind of wasn't around much. We still saw her in community, but it wasn't the same. And he was devastated by it. He was gutted by it. He really understood. The community talked to him about it. He understood the error of his ways there, how he had judged her. And it wasn't good. And after some time had passed, God humbled him and also gave him the ways, the words to be able to apologize to her and seek her forgiveness. And that was a beautiful thing. And it did restore that relationship. God was good in that, and she found her way back into more regular rhythms in the community, and he learned a lifelong invaluable lesson. He's gone on to actually plant a church and lead lots of people to Christ, and he's a great guy, and he was then too, but in that moment, he got real judgy, and it wasn't great. We don't want We don't want to live that way. In Scripture, Jesus says, I did not come to judge people. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it, And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. I think way, way too often we speak without first taking the time to hear our Father's voice and his words. And unless and until you do, it's probably wise and humble just to be quiet. And I know some of you are thinking right now, oh yeah, well we're called to judge the world and this and that and all that. Listen, there is a difference of a right spirit that looks to honor God and be full of grace. There's a difference between judging and discernment. We, we're called to be very discerning, but not to judge. In other words, pass judgment on another person or their motives or their heart or, or all those things. Be careful with that. Here's another one. Leaking. Leaking has to do with confidentiality within the community. That's critical for a healthy group, for healthy community life. when, we are living life on God's mission. There's a lot going on. There's increasingly people are laying down their lives for the sake of the mission and giving of their time and their money and their efforts and laying down preference and all that. And the enemy is gonna attack that, but they also our gospel unbelief is gonna surface like never before. And so we're gonna be working on things and we're gonna be letting our redemption show and being honest about that. But we wanna know that our community is a safe place to be to let our sin show, to let our redemption show, to seek help or sometimes just seek understanding as the Spirit of God works in someone's hearts. Leaking is a community killer. We have something in our world we call DNA groups, they're like triads of people, either three guys together or three women, they get together and they really go deep and get to know each other and that is a place that is safe and it's not for outside sharing. And we've seen times where either in community or in maybe one of the the larger community or maybe in one of these DNA groups, someone has mentioned something about, well, we're not letting everybody know, but uh, we're thinking of moving. We're actually thinking of moving to this city or that or whatever. And they'll be talking about it. But that was confidential space. And then all of a sudden they hear about that coming back from the community. So everybody's like, oh, you know, they're having dinner the next week together. And I go, oh, so you guys are moving? What's going on with that? And they're like. Um, well, no, we're not, but we were thinking and praying about it, but apparently that got leaked, you know, or maybe someone's pregnant, but they've not let everybody know yet. And then someone's like putting it on Facebook. Hey, congrats. You can't wait for the new baby. And they're like, great. My mom saw that. And I hadn't told her yet. Ooh, one time Tina and I had shared some stuff that we were working through in our marriage. We've been married a long time. And at that point it was less, but it was still a really long time. And we were. Just being honest and vulnerable with someone we trusted in the community about what we were working on and some challenges we were facing and we were getting some help from somebody in the community who was a counselor for that. And We were just working through it and we were letting them know and being honest and seeking prayer and all that. And this individual went and shared all that with the elders of our community completely out of context. And I was one of the elders actually, but they went and completely, they shared that completely out of context. And then all of a sudden we're being called in and there's this big, heavy meeting about our marriage falling apart and we're not above reproach and all these issues. Oh, that was icky. That was weird. And it it wasn't good. There was a confidence that got leaked and it led to a lot of lots of problems It eventually got straightened out, but literally it took, it took months. And what ultimately happened was there was gossip. There was something shared in confidence that got leaked and then it was talked to about a, with a whole lot of other people that weren't a part of this, weren't asked to be a part of it, weren't brought into that level of confidence behind our backs. That's like the very definition almost of gossip and that's really the next relational killer for community is gossiping. Yeah, gossiping will kill and destroy so much of relationships. I've seen it just explode whole communities. I've done a whole episode and post and all kinds of stuff on gossip. It's been very, very popular. And uh, you might wanna check all that out. You can go, it's, it's, it's way back, it's episode 111, how to avoid poisonous gossip in your life. But let me just give you a few quick thoughts and pointers of why gossip is such poison and such a relationship killer in community. First off, gossip feeds a false sense of superiority in our own hearts yeah it's icky, and when we start gossiping, it's like we're taking this position up and above others. Secondly, it sows distrust amongst your 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 group and and your friends and your family when your friends or your you know people in your community hear you tearing someone else down or even just talking sort of in a not good way because they're not there, even when painted with a false sense of care, it causes others who hear you wonder what you might be saying when they're not around. Gossip also harms. Your, I think, your witness. It really does. If you've got a missional community that includes believing and not yet believing people as well, and there's a, oh, there's gossip going on. So the group's having life together, and all of a sudden people are like, well, you know, so and so, her and her kids, they don't never, they never with this or they never bring anything. I don't know. Like they're supposed to be bringing food or whatever. That will kill your witness and just undermine the beauty and grace of the gospel and the kingdom of God. And, and you know what else it does? It ins- it destroys your integrity. Yeah, people start to look at you differently and go like, why has that person always got something negative to say? Or I didn't think what that person said or did was so bad. Now they're over here trying to build a case. Yeah, gossip destroys your integrity. It ruins reputations. It just tears down everything. It's definitely something that you're going to want to avoid. And you can see how leaking, not being confidential, often just leads right in to gossip. So again, if you want to go deeper on that, you can check out episode 111, How to Avoid Poisonous Gossip, and I'll go deep into that. All right, here's here's another one. I think this is number five. I'm not keeping track. Like I said, they're not in any particular order. But here's here's another community killer, is not committing. Not really committing to your community, to the group you're a part of. You're sort of a consumer, tire kicker, you, you really only maybe communicate to, quote, group night or missional community night, even though you're trying to live like a family together, but not really much of the rest of life together or out serving together. Or you only are around when there's nothing else on your schedule and your life and your calendar and your priorities and your preference. It's It's not committing and prioritizing the group. That's a community killer. When you've got a handful of families trying to increasingly live like a family of missionary servants out on mission together and there's there's some people that are just not very committed and they don't show up for stuff or they don't their yes isn't a yes they don't bring food maybe when they're asked to or whenever like I said we're out serving well we're a little busy this weekend we're not going to be able to do that or whatever it starts to undermine well what are we about and unfortunately, the enemy gets sometimes a wedge under that, and that leads to us talking about that person's lack of commitment, which then loops us back into that problem of gossip again. Yeah, I can remember one time we were having a group of people increasingly hanging out together and they were digging it and and they were asking for more. And T and I said, great. And so we started having a monthly uh, so it was it was somewhat of a predictable pattern, a monthly, sort of big family dinner night with all these different couples and their kids and and that was going fairly well and people seemed to be indicating they wanted to have a much more regular and consistent maybe even beyond monthly time and mission and focus together and so after one of these monthly sort of family dinner nights we sat down and we all talked about well what this could look like and we're not a hundred percent sure but here's how it could start to be more shaped and have more focus to our mission. And we laid out the next several months together and one by one, each couple who were great people and very loving sort of backed out of everything. (laughs) They, they just wouldn't commit. And really within an evening we went from, okay, we're doing these various things together to like, okay, well if there's not going to be any kind of a commitment, then maybe a lot of that's a waste of time because we want to work with people who want to live on mission and really commit. And so it wasn't a shamey thing. It wasn't a weird thing. We didn't say, oh, well, then forget it. We're not going to see you anymore. But it kind of immediately just fizzled itself because of everybody's spoken non-commitment. There again, it wasn't evil, but it was definitely a community relationship killer. And here's the last one. And this one is pretty big. And you can see how when this isn't taken care of, it might lead to some of the other ones. And that's unspoken expectations. Yeah. Yeah unspoken expectations within the community is a real relational killer and if expectations for how we're going to live together be together how often what we're about you know what we're doing uh, the tone of it all if, if expectations stay unspoken and probably everyone has their own set of expectations that may or may not line up with yours or others in the community when that happens you'll start to or, or you'll continue to have conflicts and hurt feelings that go unaddressed. Without vision and clarification of our values and expectations about who we are, what we're doing together, and why, all being discussed, agreed upon, and understood, you're open to a lot of conflict and unspoken hard feelings that the enemy loves to twist and deepen, and it'll use to destroy your community. So you're going to want to discuss those things. Early on, as best you can. Here again, there's an episode we did just a few episodes back, how to communicate vision and values in a way that'll shape your mission. It was episode 330. Go back and check that out. And by the way, it's very important that the leader or leaders of any community model the vision, values, and expectations of the group in their lives. You set the tone. You've got to set the tone for all of that. But don't let unspoken expectations ruin your community well we just started hanging out and we're doing this and that but now all of a sudden these people said they thought it was about that and wait a minute why are you expecting that and I never committed to being able to be here more than on once a week or right all those unspoken expectations they start to destroy they'll tear things apart many of these things that we've talked about today stem from gospel issues they really do we're not believing perhaps god is great so we think we have to be in control and that leads to us trying to dominate or we are trying to prove ourselves we don't believe that god's gracious we're trying to prove ourselves and earn other people's approval so that we start tearing others down and gossiping to to build ourselves up or we put place ourselves in the position of judge and we start judging everybody else's motives and actions as if we are great and sovereign overall and know everyone's hearts Like the Holy Spirit's the only one who does, but we don't believe that. So, so many of these things are a gospel issue. That's why we're always saying, wow, grow in your gospel fluency. It's going to change everything. The gospel's the answer to everything. And if you're interested in growing in that, the gospel fluency that speaks into all of life That's why we keep saying, hey, we'd love to help you with that. We'd love to teach you that and how discipleship happens in community. All these kind of things is what we discuss in coaching. So if if you're ever interested in that, please, let's set up a Zoom call. We can talk about that. We can help you start to learn gospel fluency, apply it to your own life, current situations, to your group, your community, all of that. So again, if if you're interested, check out everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. But... The, the bigger point here is that so many of these things, these relational killers really do have something behind the thing. There's a thing behind the thing and it's unbelief in the gospel. Okay, it's time for the big three takeaways from today's topic. If nothing else, you're not going to want to miss these. And as always, you can get a printable PDF of this week's big three. It's a free download by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. All right, here are the big three for this week. First, the emotional health and maturity of the leaders set the tone and ethos for the community. How the leaders understand and communicate our true gospel identity, who we are and how we get to live as God's family will shape everything you do and become together. Life and community on mission is messy, but it can be a beautiful mess. Lead with integrity and humility and let your redemption show. Second, Keeping the gospel central in everything, like we were just saying, and the way we speak to each other is paramount. Discipleship, that's the only and one and only mission Jesus gave us, happens as the gospel is spoken into and experienced in everyday life. That's how discipleship happens. We have to keep the gospel central. A missional community is much bigger than a traditional small group, Bible study, or fellowship group. It's a family of missionary servants making disciples of Jesus as we move from unbelief to belief in the gospel in all of life and helping others do the same. This isn't a social club or a Christian hangout or holy huddle. This is a gospel-centered community on mission that we're hopefully building. Hopefully, we're a part of. And number three, big three, don't miss this. Avoid unspoken expectations by discussing the vision, values, and personal commitment early in the life of your community. Language creates culture. Talk about what you're all hoping for and would like to be able to expect from one another. Your group culture can happen accidentally. That's not good. Or intentionally. That's good as you prayerfully discuss how God is leading you together on mission. But the choice is yours. Have it accidentally happen or intentionally happen. I hope that's helpful. I hope that encourages you. I hope that will help you avoid some of these relational killers that happen in our communities. They can be avoided. And again, the gospel speaks into all of that. It's the answer to every question. Well, time's up for today. I hope you'll join me next week. We're going to talk about how the gospel changes our motivations and changes the motivations of those in our community so everyone wants to live on mission and prioritize discipleship as a lifestyle together. So it's going to flow right out of this. I think you're going to love it. I'll talk to you soon.